the Market Research Podcast Award is back, and it's time to nominate your favorite kick-ass market research podcast for a chance to win the coveted title of MR Podcast of the Year. Nominations are open now through June 30th, and voting will open from July 1st to August 1st. The winner will be announced at Insights Marketing Day on September 28th. Make your nominations today at littlebirdmarketing.com slash MR hyphen podcast hyphen award. Will your favorite Insights podcast make the cut? Hello and welcome to Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company podcast. I'm Priscilla McKinney, Mama Bird and CEO here. Today I have a power-packed episode that is the nitty-gritty, as we like to say from Nacho Libre, about how to create an SEO strategy. Now this one's going to be wordy today and maybe you want to take me along on a walk because you're trying to dive into SEO and understand it, but I also want to relieve the pressure and just let you know I'm going to give you a great link back in the show notes to other places on our website and other resources that you can use to really develop this plan when you're sitting at your desk and you're ready to go. But you need this to wash over you. And to that end, I'm going to give you a powerful strategy. It's seven steps that you can use to create an SEO strategy. And so take it in, maybe back it up sometimes, maybe listen to it twice, maybe listen to it while you're on your walk and then listen to it when you're sitting at your desk and you're actually creating a plan. But no matter what you do, know that we have a lot of resources on littlebirdmarketing.com forward slash resources and in our blog, and we are happy to help. So let's get started. When we think about SEO strategy, SEO and SEM and lead generation services, these are all like in one big ball. And sometimes it does feel like it's hard to pull things out. So I'm going to go step by step for you. The first thing that I think of when we need to create an SEO strategy is to make a list of core topics. So I have a lot of people who work for me who love a good list, a grocery list, a to-do list, but now let's make a topic cluster list for SEO. We love lists, and this list in particular should include all of the things you'd like people to find you for or associate with your business. So try to find about 10 words or terms. And so this means you have to kind of not think like yourself. You have to think like your most ideal audience. And you have to think about what they call your services. And if you don't know where to start, you can consider using an SEO tool like Google Keywords. It's available out there very easily. I like to start with an open-ended thing before I move directly to a tool because it sparks that creativity. And maybe it helps you find a little bit of what I would call white space or open real estate out on the World Wide Web, maybe thinking about a way that your audience is thinking of something that is not industry jargon. So I think it's a good way to think about making that list of core topics kind of from scratch. I like that. Then you can go to something like Google Keywords and check your work. But by utilizing two things that will come up on something like Google Keywords, which are search engine volume and keyword difficulty, these are going to be your two measures, your yin and your yang, if you will. And these are going to help you not just have a randomized list. So you want to get words in your topic clusters that are heavily searched. So you have an opportunity to be found and many, many opportunities really to be found. But you also want to find a few of them that where the keyword difficulty is pretty low. 
right? So at Little Bird Marketing, we're known as experts in persona development, but that's an incredibly noisy topic cluster. There are a lot of people who are experts in persona work. But what I want to do is try and think about, is that a topic cluster for me? Is that big enough? And if so, can I talk about it six ways till Sunday, right? So you want to think about a broad enough topic that you're an expert in, but narrow it down enough so that you can actually be found for that. And it is really more of an art than a science, but I'm giving you some of the science that goes along with that thought process. If you balance that art and science, then your list will not just be random ideas, but strategic keywords varying in difficulty that will become really the pillars of your website and all of the copy that lives there. Step two involves researching and assembling these keywords based on the topics. So we're going to assemble this keyword list based on those big, broader topics. This list should be composed of both short and long tail keywords. So what are short tail keywords? Short tail keywords is a general search term that is usually just one to three words, best pizza pie or pizza, right? And it's a very broad topic. And usually short tail keywords have a much higher search volume compared to long tail keywords. So translation, more website traffic is a possibility. However, <laughs> it also means it's very noisy and very competitive. So what are long tail keywords? Well, those are phrases that are generally between three to five words, and they're more specific than your pillar keywords, and they receive less queries. So going back to pizza, which I like to talk about because I like pizza, best pizza pie in Chicago. This would be a long tail keyword. You want to find some great long tail keywords that are really good for your topic clusters, but that have a lot of reach still to your target audience, right? So they're still very much in alignment with the broader topic that you want to be associated with, but you do have a refinement where people can find you so specifically, but we don't want it to be just two people who query that every month. We still want it to be 180 to 3,200 that query this particular long tail keyword. For example, if your pillar word is SEO, then a long tail keyword might be SEO content writing tips. Think about how hard it would be to rank for one word like pizza out there on the internet. That's a lot of competition, but ranking for best pizza pie in Chicago would be less competitive and therefore easier. As you choose your topics and build pages, remember that for search engines, talking about one topic 12 different ways is better than talking about 12 different topics. You might get tired of talking about your key differentiation, your area of expertise or star product, but writing about the same thing six ways till Sunday is a sure way of providing research engines with the vital information that you are the expert and an authority on the matter. And that really matters for ranking. That's why it's such a key part of SEO strategy. Step three, once you have this information, you really want to take it and translate it over to your website. You need to build web pages based on each topic. This is what we refer to oftentimes as pillar pages. So this is where SEO content strategy comes to life. 
we create a web page based on each keyword topic and the associated keyword clusters with the long tail, the short tail keywords. And we write significantly good copy, emphasis on good copy, not drivel, <laughs> that really showcase our expertise here. We make this a high level overview of the topic, but we really try and be comprehensive. Ensure that you have links internal and external on these pages and you optimize them with the titles that use the keywords. That's where you would talk about like an H1 and H2. Like those are titles that belong on the website and those keywords need to be not just on the page, but need to be in those titles. Those keywords also need to be describing images you use on the page. We would refer to that as alt text or metadata descriptions. So if I put a photo to represent what I'm writing about, I don't want to just put the photo up and name it photo 655, right? Like Google is going to read that alt text that's on that image and say, oh, this is a image of 655. That doesn't mean anything to search engines. But if I have that pizza example again, and I take the alt text and say, this is best pizza pie in Chicago, and that's what I name the alt text for that image, then Google is also searching my images to deliver the right answer when someone is searching, or as I like to refer to it when they are using their Google thumbs. And that's what this whole SEO game is about. Let's take a short break. Searching for a research partner to handle the details of your next qualitative project? When we say fieldwork can handle it all, we mean it. From world-class facilities to low-incidence recruitment, their team of experts handles the details so you can stay focused on the research. Say goodbye to traditional focus group rooms and recruitment tactics. As market research has grown from the standard focus group to incorporate other innovative methodologies and technologies, fieldwork has expanded along with it. With facilities nationwide and sophisticated global recruitment services, their detail-oriented staff partners with you to achieve great insights. Focus on the research. Fieldwork will do the rest. As far as a pillar page is concerned, generally speaking, the longer that page, the better. Google now scans web pages much like a human being would. So if you're stuffing your pages with keywords and it's really drivel and there's nothing of use on there, Google understands that. Hello, people. AI is getting better. It understands intent. It understands real human language, right? And so if you engage in that kind of behavior, it will devalue your content. Think about it like this. You have to be human to write a great web page. I'm not saying you can't use AI to start and get a good outline, but we all work humanly. We ignore that jerk at the cocktail party who won't stop name dropping or using a word over and over again. And that's keyword stuffing. We think that's annoying in person. And guess what? Google does too. So write your keywords, but also write with a purpose and bring value to your readers. Step four is starting a blog to implement content writing strategies. This is really about going the distance with your SEO strategy. My husband does like to say that he's always keeping it fresh, but when it comes to Google, that's seriously important. So Google gives bonus points to websites that are up to date and continually generate fresh content or rework previous pages and make them better. So it's not about a one and done with your blogs. Remember that that content matters the day you put it out and it matters if you refresh it six months or a year from now. If it was worth writing the first time, it's probably worth an update every year. 
search engines really do not want to find a page that's five years old and it hasn't been touched since then. They don't want to recrawl over that. They don't find that to be a part of what they would consider to be the latest and greatest and most fresh content. So that's why having a consistent blogging schedule really works in your favor. And people ask me all the time, does it have to be really long for blogs? No, it has to be meaningful. So you need it in this strategy. You would be better served to write shorter blogs and do it more consistently than wait for three months and write some huge manifesto and get it out on your site and then not be able to do anything else for three months because you're exhausted. Writing a blog really makes a lot more sense than rewriting your homepage every week. So think of it like a really great way to keep the website fresh without doing massive overhauls. Just remember that whatever you write, you want to make sure that you're writing it not for yourself. So a little plug here for ideal client persona work, right? You don't want to really write for search engines because search engines are not the ones using their Google thumbs and searching for your topic. You need to think about how your most ideal client frames the problem, challenge, or topic that they're looking for, and then write about those topics or challenges in a way that makes sense to your most ideal client because they're the ones using the search engine tool and they're the ones that are going to choose based on the ranking, which website and which blog they read. Step five is creating a link building plan. Now, this can get a lot harder and a lot of people outsource this to a professional, but you can do this if you just put your mind to it and you really have some good planning. The idea here is that the more authority a website has, the better. The algorithm looks at it and says, oh, a lot of other people think this website is the bomb, so it must be. There is an actual metric out there called DA or domain authority. And you know that we don't like using jargon unless we explain what it is, but that is what is used to rank entire websites. It might sound really technical, but you probably already have a better sense of what it is than what you might think. The more recognizable or well-trafficked a website is, the higher authority it will be. So for example, consider how much traffic Forbes gets for searches about business news, as opposed to the Indianapolis Business Journal. One side is clearly more trafficked than the other. And so if you get a backlink, say from Forbes, as opposed to the Indianapolis Business Journal, you're going to then receive and exchange a little bit of that domain authority juice <laughs> from the domain authority of the source of the backlink. So this is why you need to create a plan for attracting more backlinks in your website from other websites, pages, and sources out on the World Wide Web. As you create a backlink plan, you need to consider how you're going to go about contacting other partners and brands to see if you might be able to swap web page links or what kind of collaborations could you do? Could you do guest blogs back and forth? But it can be as simple as even reaching out to organizations you already work with or associations you belong to and working out some kind of a swap, right? Of course, when you're listed on a industry directory, you're already getting a backlink from them. And that's a very simple backlink plan that people have. And that's very common. You want to have those common ones, but you also want to have ones that are uncommon to your competitors. Just like we said, the domain authority matters. 
Remember that it works in reverse. If a spammy website who wrote to you saying they could give you a backlink for only $1,000 and their site is just a bunch of crap backlinks being given back to people, Google will penalize you for it. They look at the quality, again, of the domain authority of where that backlink came from. So good domain authority connection affects your domain authority. Just to clarify something about my example, I wasn't trying to say that the backlink from Indianapolis Business Journal would not be important. It really serves a niche in the Indiana area. And so if that's where you work, that would be a powerful backlink for you. And that would be a great win. So I don't mean it disparagingly. What I mean is that you need to understand that it's not a one and done thing with backlinks. You need a lot of them. And so you want to get them as high domain authority as you possibly can, but your domain authority is being built also by not only the quantity that you have, but that quality and the mix between those two. Step six is keeping an eye out for SEO changes, for news and for best practices. And I'm telling you, this SEO space is not static. It is hard for us to keep up. You need to have a really good resource where you can keep up with search engine algorithm change and best practices changes and just new thoughts around this area. So a small switch could really give your business a fantastic opportunity. And missing that is really probably only because you miss keeping current with other podcasts and other blogs that really are authorities on these matters. Of course, we're a HubSpot shop here. So we follow the HubSpot blog, Moz, M-O-Z. That's a really great one in terms of SEO. But we at Little Bird Marketing highly recommend the Orbit blog by our lovely friend, Andy Crestadina and his team at Orbit Media Studios. We seriously think he is the shit when it comes to SEO. He's so generous with his knowledge. And because of that, he is in our show notes going to get a wonderful backlink to his website because of the great work that he does. That is not a paid backlink, but you can see how this works. When someone does something good for you, or you have a strong colleague relationship. This is where you can source a backlink. But I'm telling you, if you want to stay current, you need to find some resources of people who are reputable in the industry and who can help you stay current. The last step in creating an SEO strategy that works is measure and track your SEO success, right? A lot of work goes into putting together a successful SEO strategy. And if you are not measuring it and knowing exactly when you're going to come back and take a look, then it really is all for naught. There are a lot of web analytics tools out there that can help you track indexed pages and monitor SERP, which is just a fancy way of saying search engine results page rankings. So you need to give your efforts in SEO some time. It can take months for search engines to crawl over your new pages, and especially if you have a brand new site. But you need to be sure that you have good dates set when you're going to effectively measure the progress you're making. And you don't want to be too hasty to just make a change, make a change, make a change. But you need to have a real consistent time frame when you're looking for the progress you're making and also spot some SEO opportunities as they arrive. If my step seven just kind of ruined it for you and you're thinking, hey, I could do those things that sound exciting, but now reporting sounds horrible, know that that's also one small piece of SEO that you can outsource to an expert. But just remember that even if you have an expert do these things for you, you still need to understand the importance of SEO and you need to understand your level of commitment that is needed to maintain a strong working strategy. 
We would love nothing better than for your team to use these seven steps to create an SEO strategy for your business that works. And I'll give resources in the show notes, but thank you for listening. And from all the peeps here at Little Bird Marketing, have a great day and happy marketing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.